Hi there, welcome to the Fearless Lady Podcast. I am your host, the Fearless Lady, Charlene Light. When I turned 40, I decided to create a really fun challenge for myself by stepping into my fears 40 different ways. I tackled fears around aging, going after my dreams, and even finding true love. This podcast is about that journey and how it transformed my life and how you can start looking at your fear as an invitation to step into your worth, invite more freedom, joy, and fun back into your life. Life can be an adventure. Live the life of your dreams. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition (laughs) or another episode of the Fearless Lady Podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm always so happy that you're here and listening to these fearless acts and hopefully, you know, getting inspired and thinking about, God, you know, what would I do if I had 40, you know, things that I was going to set out and go on this journey for a year. Like, how would it feel? What would it look like for me? Um, I mean, that's really what I am intending with this podcast is not only for you to feel like you have the power to really create something that's exciting in your life and to go after the things that you want, but also to really start to think about how much fear stops us from doing the things that we want, you know, and it could be, you know, something small, like, you know, speaking up for ourselves, you know, um, there's just so many ways that we allow our fears to take over and then we end up just living very small or smaller than we are feeling that we are capable of, you know, there's always a feeling that, um, I, I know I have so much potential in me to do amazing things, but yet I'm not doing them or I'm not taking action towards them. And I have to say that this, you know, my 40th year, um, spending all of that time really investigating how fear shows up and what voices, um, were starting to become so familiar. Like I kept hearing this voice over and over again, right before I would do a fearless act, which was, this is a stupid idea. This is just stupid. Like, forget about it. What's the point, you know? And, um, so understanding that we have, we have these voices that are just on loop in our subconscious mind that keep retelling these stories, you know, that are really in us from childhood. And so understanding what those voices are telling us, what they keep looping over and over again, um, really does give us a better picture of how those kinds of voices are really running our life. And we don't even realize it. So for me, um, spending a year in fear allowed me to see how I was holding myself back And I didn't even know it, you know, so it was a beautiful practice. And, you know, it's something that as I retell these stories every week um, or every other week, I remind myself how, wait a second, I'm still doing similar things that I had done, you know, four years ago. And, and like, it's still, you know, it's really a muscle that you have to keep working. And I think um, after that year, you know, I've been very fearless in a lot of ways, of course, after that year, but there's still ways that I hold myself back. Um, And for instance, one example is, you know, during this whole quarantine time, you know, I teach at Equinox and um, they decided to open up a few weeks ago. And initially when I got the email that they wanted me to come in, um, I was like, no, no way, I'm not ready. I think it's way too soon. I don't feel comfortable. And I had already made that decision in my head. 
And then I kept getting phone calls um, from every single manager um, of each club that I used to work at, you know, saying, hey, I just want to check in and see how you're feeling, see if you want to be put on the schedule. We're starting brand new. So, you know, it's so funny because I spent a year here in LA really trying to get more classes. I mean, that's that's really what I was doing. I mean, I had one class for the longest time, then I had two, and then it's like it grew. And eventually I had, I think, eight or nine classes on the schedule right before COVID hit. And so here I am getting all of these phone calls, basically my dream, which was like, what, what classes do you want? Everything's so available. Let me give you whatever you want. And so there was this part of me that thought, hmm, I could always let go of classes. You know, I could just try it out and see how I feel. And if I don't feel safe, I can leave. But I, what would it feel like if I just... I don't know, said yes, like maybe I should just go in, you know, they're giving me whatever classes I want. I've I've got, um, you know, so many options. I can really create a schedule that I maybe really love. You know, I'm a morning person now, so maybe I do more of my classes in the morning and then I'm free for the rest of the day. You know, what would that feel like? So I was slowly kind of talking myself into a yes, like, okay, maybe I just say yes and then see how it is. I can always let it go. So I decided to say yes. I said, I'm only going to pick up three classes and I end up picking five up. Okay. So that's way more than I thought I would. But I, again, I was just feeling like, well, maybe I can always let it go, you know, just kind of letting go of my initial response, which was like, no, I'm not ready. So cut to, I show up on the first class. I had one person And at the time, Equinox, their policy was, you know, everybody gets their temperature taken when you first walk in, you wear gloves or a mask, but then as you're working out, you can take them off. It's your discretion. It's your choice because you're working out and you're sweating and, you know, God knows it's really difficult to do all of that with a a mask on. And then I had decided, well, I'm going to really try to teach with a mask on like the whole time, but it is really really hard because as you talk, you're creating sweat and it's just going back into your mouth. I mean, I don't want to gross you out, but it was very difficult for me to talk the whole time. And not to mention, I was trying to project my voice and that was also causing me to sweat more. So needless to say, by the I would say halfway through class, I just took my mask off because it was just too difficult to continue teaching. So then as I started to teach class after class, the numbers started to grow. I had my biggest class in Encino. Um, I had nine people show up. And by the way, you can only, I think the max amount of people they were allowing was 11 people. So I had nine people show up and it got really hot in that room. And we're stuck in that room together for an hour. And people are not wearing any masks. They're not wearing anything. And I'm trying to just continue to teach with a mask on. And by the end of it, I, of course, take it off. And then people are coming up to me afterwards. And you have to stay afterwards and spray the mats. And there's like a 45-minute, you know, grace period, excuse me, 45-minute grace period between each class because they want to sufficiently clean the rooms and yada, yada, yada. And it's just I started to feel Like, what is the point? What is the point of me risking myself by showing up to these classes when I don't know where these people are going and where they're coming from? I don't feel safe. I really don't feel safe. And what am I doing this for? First of all, Equinox is not even paying us our full rate. 
they're only paying us a 75% of our rate. So what is the point of me showing up and risking essentially my life to teach yoga? So then I get an email or actually a text from one of the managers um, the night before I had a class early in the morning last week. And she said that uh, there's a new law. California now is stating that in order for any gyms to stay open, all of the members and all of the employees have to wear masks and gloves the entire time. So that means when you take a yoga class, you have to wear a mask and gloves to take the class. And I was thinking, I can barely talk and teach a class with a mask on. How are the members or how's anybody going to be able to take a class with a mask and gloves? That just sounds absolutely ridiculous and insane. And I just, I was really, again, I heard this no, like, no, this is not okay. I don't agree with this. I understand the safety concerns, but why don't you just close or why don't we just pause for a moment like this? First of all, yoga is so much about the experience. Like, how are you going to have a great experience taking a yoga class when you feel like you can barely breathe because you've got this mask on? It just, the whole thing just felt wrong. So, of course, you know, I had no choice. Well, I guess I did have a choice, but I felt, you know, the part, there's a part of me that's like a really, uh, I wouldn't just call in and not show up, you know? And since she gave me like no notice, I thought, well, let me just show up. I have a 9 a.m. class in the morning. I'll just go. And I I, I just had a feeling nobody was going to come because they literally just told the members the same as the same time they told us. So I can't imagine a yoga person being like, oh, yeah, that sounds great to me. I'm going to show up and put a mask and gloves on and take a yoga class. Like that just sounds absolutely insane. So I show up. Of course, nobody comes. And I just was like, that's it. I'm done. I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable. So I sent an email to the managers. I said, um, you know, I just don't think this is a safe environment. Um, and I don't think it's right to ask the members to wear a mask while they're working out. I just don't get it. I, I don't see it. So I, I said, I, I don't want to teach her during this time right now. And, um, you know, as long as I think I have two months to stay active um, as long as I pick up a class in that two months, which in two months, a lot, a lot can change, you know, and in California, our numbers have really risen, um, in terms of people that are testing positive. So there's just been a lot of, um, step back, you know, there's been, um, businesses that were allowing like restaurants that were allowing you to eat inside are now only allowing you to eat outside. And it just, I just, I, I, I don't even know anymore what to say I feel like I feel like you know at one point we were in a good place and now it just doesn't feel like it's now it just feels like we're going backwards and it's a really hard it's just really hard and I think we're all feeling this you know those of us that are having to go back to work you know I mean I feel fortunate that I'm allowed to I'm able to collect unemployment and I, I understand that, you know, I, I think we're all just doing the best that we can. And I think, you know, <laughs> it's just so hard. It's just been really challenging to, so my point being that idea of being fearless, you know, I had an initial gut reaction to say no, to not go back to work. And there were many employees that didn't. But I thought, well, let me just see how it is. And so I go back and then I end up 
returning to the initial decision, which was, I don't feel safe. I don't want to go back. So, you know, sometimes you have to do that. You say yes, and then you have to really feel it out before you can own your no's. I sometimes think like, what if I just said no? Like initially just said no. You know, and then I get an email today and it's from Equinox saying there was somebody in the club that around the time that you were in it that is tested positive. And I'm like, oh my God. And it turns out that's an email from um, Equinox South Beach. I don't know how I got it, but that freaked me out. It freaked me out because I'm like, this is exactly what I was afraid of. So I right away went online and I'm going to get tested. Um, I just took it as a sign to just like for my own peace of mind, you know, since I was around so many people. Um, so yeah, I, I just, whoever's, you know, whatever's going on in your world right now, this is some really challenging times. And I think, um, we are all just trying to do the best that we can. And I'm just very grateful. I feel healthy right now. And then I'm able to say no and just trust that everything's going to work out. And I'm excited to, I have a bunch of really exciting, um, offerings that I'm going to share next week or on my podcast um, in two weeks, but you can come follow me on Instagram and on my website and, and subscribe to my newsletter because I have some really exciting offerings that I'm going to share. And I'll talk more about that um, next time. So let's jump right back into my fearless act of dancing in a burlesque show, which um, I have to say, I... I have a lot of fearless acts around dancing and I spoke about this last week or, you know, two weeks ago when I was talking about how dance is just such, it just brings me so much joy. And so I thought, well, what would it feel like to be in a burlesque show? I had seen one or two when I was in New York um, and I couldn't imagine ever being on stage with my top off. I mean, that just sounded so like, what? Like, no way. Like, I have such a hard time with that kind of attention, which is why I wanted to try. So I looked online, and they have this New York City's um, burlesque school is what it's called. And um, they have a beginner course. And so it starts on the very first month beginning of the month and you are learning a a routine so by the end of the month you do this big showcase at the slipper room which is in new york city's um lower east side i'm like this is perfect this is great because then i can actually number one be part of a show and number two perform it which i think is so exciting so i sign up for the class and again it's four weeks and um so every week we're learning this different routine routine and it's super cute it's super fun it's flirty with a group and then we start talking about what we're gonna wear and so for this beginners group obviously we don't have to take our tops off but we have to dance in a bra and they're like you know fringe it up and you know bra and panties or whatever you can find so i'm like great so I take an old bra that I have. That's like a Victoria's Secrets, very push-uppy bra, you know? And then I take these like booty shorts that I have and um, I buy some fringe <laughs> and uh, I decorate it. I, I, was, I remember I was looking on Pinterest to like get ideas. Um, and then I show up and I remember initially I didn't want to tell anybody um, because I think part of me was, like, oh, this is just for me. I don't need an audience. Um, there's going to be an audience there, and that's good enough, you know? But I did end up telling my friend Nikki, and so she decided to buy a ticket and show up to the show. 
So we're backstage and I just felt this like excitement in the air because I get to perform and I get to dance and perform, which is something that I don't know if I've ever really done that since I was a kid. So I was really excited and everybody's dressed up and it's just, and it was a real opportunity to embrace our bodies. You know, I think I always saw burlesque as like people, I don't know, needing attention. Um, I never viewed it as celebrating you know, celebrating the, the woman body, celebrating our curves. Um, I just saw it as like um, very performative, like very needy, um, wanting attention, those kinds of things, you know. But when I was in it, so anyways, we're backstage and, and it's like you hear the roaring crowd. And first of all, the slipper room is adorable. It's in the Lower East Side. So it's like this old school little like... I don't know, speakeasy with like a theater and it was packed. There was tons of people there. So they announced that we were going to be on first, you know, it would be us and then another group. And then it would be these three solo girls that were going to do the full burlesque show by themselves where they would have just the pasties on their, their nipples and, and really be topless. So um, we come out and I do the dance and I am just like, I feel like I'm, I'm Beyonce or I'm Janet Jackson or something. Like I just really was living up, you know, all the lights on me, feeling the vibe of the room, the energy of the room, feeling the crowd, hearing the crowd. And then I heard my friends scream my name and I just lit up because I thought, wow, there's something about having support and, and feeling like you're being seen. Like I was so grateful in that moment to have her there, like to have her experience this with me, to have her support. And I realized how it really does make a difference. You know, had I just performed by myself, I don't know. There's something so special about being able to share it with someone and having them support you. You know, like I really... I wanted to feel supported and that's exactly what she did. So when she was like calling my name and, and hooting my name and it was just like, it just really lit me up. I was so excited. It made me go even further into my little character and, um, and it was amazing. And so afterwards I came out and I just felt so lit up and I realized something, you know, I've always had a very sexualized body, meaning my body and my breasts in particular has always been made, has always made me feel like a sexual being. People would always project sex onto me, you know, even at a very young age when I was developing, it was like, you know, hollering and, and, and just rude comments from, from men and attention that I didn't want. So I don't think I really embraced my body as like loving it, even though, yeah, I, I just don't think I really embraced it. I didn't love it to the degree that I should because I had a lot of shame around the way that it looked and that had, that it garnered so much attention, unwanted, you know? Like I didn't want sexual attention. I wanted people to just know me and... Um, so in a sense, I put that sexiness um, in my shadow, you know, I kind of rejected it. And so when I opened that up and I was able to embrace it, oh my God, it just felt like I was, I just felt amazing. I felt 
so empowered. I felt so proud of my body. I felt so proud to be a woman. I felt so proud of my breasts and my hips and my stomach and my thighs and just the entire shell of me, the entire body. I I just, I never really embraced it or loved it. And I, in that moment, just loved it. I loved my body and it was so incredibly powerful to have that feeling and I was like God you know why why did it take me so long you know why did it take me 40 years to really embrace this body and I got it and that and then it was interesting because afterwards we were watching the other women do their solo shows and then I realized this is about empowerment this is about owning your body no matter how big no matter how small no matter how big your belly your hips your thighs this is about ownership taking ownership of that beautiful body of yours that's what this is about and when I when I was watching women come out there and doing these gorgeous dances, I actually was jealous and I thought, I want to be up there with no top on and just pasties and really embrace my body. Like that felt so empowering to me. And I realized the judgment that I had in the past was because I was rejecting that in me. You know, I wasn't able to appreciate and love the body that I was in. So I was projecting onto those women judgment and calling them, you know, oh, you need this attention, you know, when really it's because I wouldn't allow myself to have it. Isn't that, I mean, how powerful is that? It's like the things that we judge the most in others are the things that we reject in ourselves. And I know that, and I think I knew that at the time, but I didn't fully click until I had that moment. And so I was so incredibly grateful to, number one, have gone through that process, and number two, have had my friend come support me and be there for me. And it was just incredible. Again, reliving it now, I, I, I want more of that. <laughs> I think that's why I keep dancing in my Instagram videos because it essentially I, I want that feeling over and over and over again, which is just to be proud of who I am, be proud of my body, be proud of you know my curves, be proud of my ability to find joy in such a simple, beautiful, expressive dance. You know, um, so I'm just going to read you what I wrote and you should look online. In fact, I'm going to try to put the picture in my, um, in the podcast so you can see how happy it made me and just literally how much I got into character. Um, I mean, I just love this picture. So it's called look mom. That's me in a burlesque show. Last night, I performed in my first ever burlesque show. It was held at the Slipper Room in the Lower East Side, but in my head, I was performing at the Los Angeles Forum in front of thousands and thousands of people alongside Janet, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. Oh, yes, this one was for my teenage self who used to pause those amazing Janet music videos and try to figure out all the choreography. And truthfully, it was for my inner rock star, the girl I dreamed of becoming. And at age 40, I got to sass it up on stage with some fringe on my hips, belly showcasing, thigh-high revealing, 
busty bra top with exposing attire. I embraced every inch of my God-given, womanly, curvaceous, bootylicious body. And that's what a burlesque show is all about. I, alongside with these beautiful ladies, have been rehearsing for a few weeks before last night's big performance. I didn't initially want anyone to come, but last minute I invited my good friend Nikki for support and to snap pictures. When I heard her scream my name, I almost teared up. Can you imagine crying in a burlesque show? But there's something to being fully seen for all that you are, the sweet and the innocent, the fun and the lighthearted, the deep and the vulnerable, and the strong and the sexy. And to have people in your life who support that, who truly allow you to be you, is something special. It didn't matter what I was wearing or what I was doing. What mattered was the spark it brought out of me. So wherever you are on this journey, embrace that beautiful body of yours, honor your past and where it's brought you. And remember, you too can shake your inner rock star, no matter your age, status, or body shape. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Exactly. Like dance, like keep dancing, keep finding what lights you up. Keep finding the things that that ignite that spark inside of you, especially now in these times. It's so important that we keep doing that. And this is inspiring me. I'm going to dance, dance my ass off this morning. It's only 9.15. I'm going to get up after I press end on this podcast episode and I'm going to get up and dance. And I suggest you do the same. In fact, I'm going to play my danciest song that I have to end this podcast. And I'm going to wish you the most incredible week (laughs) that you could possibly have, full of dance, full of light, full of spark. And I will see you and talk to you in two weeks. Sending you so, so, so much love and light. Don't forget, follow me on Instagram, subscribe to my newsletter, and um, I have so much more exciting things coming up, and I can't wait to share them with you. Take care. As you breathe, as your body makes its way towards mine Won't close my eyes, can't fall asleep I'm helpless, wondering what you may hide Start to notice how the passion subsides Into something that doesn't feel right Fast asleep
Don't know.